Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the commodity markets by my colleague uh, Jason Durden, our Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management. Jason, there's been an awful lot about energy in the news, not just in the technical press. It's all over the headlines. It's leading the bulletin. And of course, it's captured the uh, attention of European policymakers and including the European Commission. Uh, are things getting so bad that the calls for intervention in the markets are going to be irresistible, do you think? Well, I think um, something needs to be done, Jeremy. We ended uh, last week with perhaps a questionably affordable market jumping another 30 or 35% across the board. I mean, just to illustrate some numbers here, last week, the forthcoming October year for gas in the UK was 11 times higher than it was at this time last year. In uh, power, it was nine times higher than it was this time last year. Replace that with uh, EU and uh, the EU gas benchmark for Cal 23. Obviously, our European colleagues uh, trade calendars rather than a sort of October year. The 23 calendar was 10 times the price for 23 uh, than it was 12 months earlier. And um, depending on which market, you were looking between 7 and 12 times higher on power, with obviously uh, with the Netherlands being uh, the uh, uh, the vanguard at 7 times higher. And uh, I think uh, the French are really suffering, of course, with their nuclear issues at 12 times higher. And crucially, Germany and France both trading over a thousand euros a megawatt hour. Put that into context, the energy alone was trading at more than a euro a kilowatt hour. Well, those are horrendous increases by anyone's account, uh, but it's useful to remind ourselves just how large they are because we've, you know, anyone who's been following the markets on a weekly or daily basis has seen jumps in those prices higher than the price itself would have been only a year or so ago. And although we've seen, you know, a little of the top of the market come off in the last couple of trading days from its peaks, things remain very tense, liquidity's low, there are issues about who can trade at all in the market at the moment. What does this mean for business consumers? Is there anyone out there who can afford to lock in at these sort of prices? I suspect if you have a significant hedge and you're just chopping up and it's not going to dilute, well, I mean, it will dilute your price hugely because that's the definition of these prices. But anyone exposed to 100% at €1,000 it is unlikely to trade in their normal pattern if they are committed to these prices. It seems to me that we're now in week three of suppliers being either unable or unwilling to price contracts ahead of, you know, these big contract deadlines. So October in the UK and, okay, a little bit further out for the calendars in Europe, but, you know, you can't, you simply can't get a contract at the moment. It's, um, I think, for good reason, because you probably couldn't afford to pay it. Well, I think one of the interesting things, I mean, it's horrific in, in, in other ways, but it's also interesting as well, is how, you know, the, the astonishing price rises have, have, in a sense, turned even ordinary businesses into uh, those of a characteristic of, of, of energy intensive businesses, maybe not in terms of their volumes, but in terms of their costs. And traditionally, a lot more of power and gas has been bought on, you know, flexible contracts linked to day ahead, month ahead prices or whatever in the wholesale market. And I guess 
that sort of pricing is going to find its way uh, down to to smaller users because no one's going to be able to lock in at the sort of forward prices that are at least nominally there in the markets. Is that the, the way you'd see things going in, yeah, in the I months mean, ahead? I mean, contractual structures in the UK mean that most SMEs are exposed to an October annual price. And typically, you know, it's August and very early September when these prices will be fixed. So those, you know, opening the drawer and going, oh, I must phone up my supplier for a new gas contract are either going to, or, or power contract, are going to be met with two conversations. One, sorry, you can't have a fixed price. You can have a spot price on a daily basis. Or, uh, you know, the, the renewal is five, six, seven times what it was. Now, I mean, you know, for this is huge for small businesses as as much as it is for large manufacturers who will either be faced with that typically use the spot they'll either be faced with uh, mothballing uh, reducing their uh, consumption to match their uh, their hedge if they have any or or some at all or um you know they'll they'll be looking at uh, order books being taken away to american and uh, an asian facilities in their group that can uh, operate at much lower costs indeed and uh, although uh, it must be said unfortunately the fact of the matter is uh, not just in the uk but in in other parts of europe as well in certain cases more so there's going to have to be a reduction in demand to make sure the supply demand balance is is tolerable and and the risk of blackouts or worse is kept in check and the only question is where is that demand reduction going to be achieved well in power generation you can switch to anything apart from gas and so on if you've got the capacity available Um, in industry you end up making less of things and in small businesses maybe some of the impact's going to be large enough that that you know that may tip some of them out of business altogether but one way or another through pricing or through rationing demand is going to have to be lower this winter isn't it compared with normal levels oh no doubt i mean one could write papers and papers on you know what's wrong with the uk and european power and gas markets uh, particularly the uk power market you know and uh, it's been uh, been something that's been uh, problematic for for many years and, and and all brushed under the carpet and never dealt with but fundamentally the market is telling us what markets do there is too much demand and not enough supply and unless you fix it it will fall over and that's the harsh truth of it so somewhere or another you know von der Leyen is right there needs to be big scale intervention either at national or supranational levels across the continent and here in the UK otherwise it uh, it just isn't going to work whether that's you know a molecule or uh, electron deficit or whether that is well you know I, I can get it but it's so expensive that i can't operate at a profit so uh, i'm not buying it well, that seems to be what, what's facing a lot of consumers this winter. I suppose the optimistic or mildly less pessimistic view is things might get a little bit better as we approach winter and it may not look quite as bad as, as some fear at the moment and liquidity may improve in the markets as people return from holidays. There are any number of reasons to hope something turns up. But the fact is there's a limit to what can be done on supplies for this winter. The good news is there's quite a lot of gas in European storage. The bad news is there's still concerns about whether any Russian gas is going to flow through the, the Nord Stream pipe after the maintenance period. And uh, what do you, what would you say the signs are on that? Well, the German economy minister has actually publicly said he doesn't think that Nord Stream will come back. Um, we, as 
assume he means that it won't come back in, you know, capacity type basis, and perhaps less so around whether the the maintenance due for three days to start tomorrow is an opportunity to come back. I refer back to a conversation we had uh, last time we spoke was, you know, there are good reasons why gas has to flow at some level out of the fields that are operating. Last week we had uh, sort of um, news wires telling us that the uh, the Finns can see uh, the Russians flaring massive amounts of gas at uh, entry and exit points to Nord Stream because it's still coming out of the fields. So I suspect there will be some gas coming through Russian supplies, but uh, certainly not of any magnitude that uh, uh, Europe needs in a in a normal, typical winter. Indeed. And is there anything further to say about availability of power generation? Is the French nuclear fleet, is that situation looking any better than it did? I mean, assuming that concerns about river temperatures and so on are are abating with the uh, uh, rains we've had and the cooler weather. Uh, But there are other issues there that aren't going to get sorted out this side of winter, I think. Yeah, exactly. I think this is uh, this is definitely a, a problem that goes into 23. Certainly the late summer shortages. So we've got uh, river levels in the Rhine are now three times higher than their lows at the peak of the uh, August uh, uh, drought. They are still well below um, full navigation level, though. So that's causing problems. Obviously, that's replicated in France with uh, with river levels and obviously river temperatures. And to a lesser degree, obviously, in the Nordics as well, where uh, those reservoir levels are so important to uh, to, to pricing direction. So, I mean, there's, there is plenty still going on. Um, I think the summer vacuum has been quite difficult especially against a backdrop of the very hot weather and demand dynamics around that and and ongoing french nuclear but essentially the market although perhaps incredibly volatile and 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 we've seen 40 percent of that german power price come out uh, of the price in two days but uh draw back to the conversation we we had uh, a few moments ago at 600 euros a megawatt hour is it any more affordable than it is at a thousand quite and and looking rather more internationally now a commodity we haven't mentioned which is probably rather cheaper to burn in power stations than gas at the moment if you've got the facility to do it oil and oil products um the situation internationally there's been a lot of pressure on middle eastern producers to increase production what's the situation there are are the prospects looking any any better than they did um uh, a while ago no not really i mean the backdrop is that actually opec has failed to meet its quotas for about six months now or or maybe slightly longer in terms of its raising demand profile apart from the majors some of the more sort of erratic members have have found it difficult to scale up their supply chains and actually get the oil to market the the shortfall in july was about 2.8 million barrels per day and therefore any sabre rattling by the uh, Saudi energy minister about the price, directed specifically at the paper um, traded market, if you like, was really, I, I suppose the price has fallen over the summer from $130 a barrel on Brent front month to uh, to 95 because the participants in the uh, sort of the traditional paper market are, you know, typically going to be uh, a lot of hedge funds that 
probably have looked at the economic outlook and said don't fancy that much and they haven't been keen to extend long positions but um you know ultimately there is plenty of uh, conflicting sort of physical news out there there is you know chinese demand is down on 2021 also diversion of russian cargoes away from europe or as europe has stopped taking them pushing displacing saudi crude in markets like china and uh, india is all disturbing the market a little bit but at the same time you know we've also got some um, energy reserves in the us or emergency energy reserve levels in the us are down to 1984 levels i mean not really useful because in 1984 uh, you know global oil demand was about 40% lower than it is now but uh, you know there there's so many conflicting demands going on but i think you know where we're seeing oil at 104 105 ahead of next week's opec meeting it is really just the, the saudis sort of uh, saber rattling a little bit because they they're very concerned that the short term fundamentals are perhaps a bit more supportive than the short term prices because the short term price is dominated by some of those um, investment movements that um, you know just don't fancy the outlook right and you know as you said there's the opec meeting there's the european commission's hosting a meeting you've got the uk chancellor jetting off to talk to uh, financiers in the united states about this uh, is there anything else we should look out for over the next couple of weeks that might change the markets or is it watch this space as the traders come back from from their holiday breaks Well I think there's definitely that but I mean there's nothing that's going to uh, worry or certainly uh, not the physical market but more the uh, investment market they're going to be very worried by the threat of uh, intervention I mean uh, you know that could mean could mean anything I mean that's not overstate it I think it's very difficult in a for the commission in the EU garner a mandate across 27 members but at the same time I think uh, the focus has to be that uh, there has to be something proposed and proposed in in good order and uh participants do not want to be holding huge exposure on financial exposure to something that could ultimately be frozen out or suspended or look very different in the coming months with with their money still on the table Well, thank you Jason. It's another case of watch this space, I think. Who knows what's going to emerge, but as you say, uh leaving things as they are doesn't seem to be either a palatable option or one that that that's realistic. So, something will shift and we'll be here to help explain to you what's going on as it does. If you found that useful, do look out for our website alphaenergygroup.com/uk and our reports there and listen out for a podcast again from us soon. <laughs>